When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything! Blog Talk Radio. In tonight's show, I'll be interviewing actor, director, Manu Entereme. Hold on, my Manu joins us here shortly. Manu, you there, man? Hey, Owen, what's happening? Hey, man, how you doing, man? How you doing, man, buddy? Doing good, man. I'm, I'm good, brother. Good stuff, man. Well, let's get things started. Uh, you're an actor and director in multiple things. Uh, for the listeners, uh, can you introduce yourself and tell everybody what you uh, you do and so forth? Sure. My name's Manu Entereme. I've been a, an actor... Uh, most of my life, I've been an actor. I was uh, the star of Star Trek Voyager for season six and seven. I played a character named Echeb that was liberated from the Borg and taught a personality by Seven of Nine. Uh, I was on the final year of One Tree Hill playing this relentlessly evil character named Billy. Um, and then I've done a bunch of films and different television shows and recently at 30, I started to, uh, well, not recently, it's been like eight years, but I started to produce films. Uh, and I produced a film called Benjamin Troubles that's going to be out soon, Fifth Passenger, that will be out later this, early this year. And um, I'm also working on a film right now called The Circuit. Very, very cool, very, very cool. And for the listeners that don't know much about The Circuit, uh, starting with that, what is the plot of this film, characters, and so forth for that project exactly? Well, the circuit is uh, something that I've been thinking about for 15 years, probably. I started going to comic book conventions and um, uh, sci-fi conventions and Star Trek conventions while I was on Star Trek. And most of my life, I've gone to you know six or eight of them a year all around the world, and that's been a, a huge part of my life. Uh, it's sort of the gift that keeps on giving with Star Trek. The fan base has been very kind and... Uh, even resurrected my character for a couple of films, uh, Star Trek Renegades and then Renegades. Um, right. And so I saw all this stuff that was going on behind the scenes at the conventions. And some of it is so surreal and so unbelievable that I just started collecting stories. And I always wanted to make a film about my life, maybe the actors' lives. I, I didn't know exactly what. But it all t- came together last year, and the concept is 10 different directors bring you 10 stories in 10 different genres that all happen over the weekend of one mega pop culture convention, like Comic-Con or something. So 10 stories, one convention, and everyone's invited. And what we've decided to do, and I think for the first time in history, is we've mm-hmm. We've started an open screenplay competition, and we're really going to involve the fans on a major level in this film. Where each episode of the anthology, we're going to bring in 
one actor, I mean one, um, I'm sorry, one fan in each key department of the film can come in and intern and collaborate. And half of the stories in the film are going to be written by the fan base. And then they're going to get to come and work with our writers to polish up the screenplay and work on set and get to see their story become part of the whole story. And the genres will cross on the circuit. And then I got maybe like 25 actors attached from fantasy and sci-fi and horror oh, wow. and superhero genres from Game of Thrones to Star Trek to Defiance to Buffy the Vampire Slayer to Teen Wolf uh, and on and on and on. A bunch of great, great actors um, that I befriended over the years. Uh, Doug Jones from Hellboy, just a bunch of folks. Um, Walter Koenig, Cody St. New, Robert Beltran, Olivia Diablo, Gigi Edgley from Farscape, Tim Russ, uh, Rene Obersomois, John Archer, I mean, Rob Archer from Lost Girl, Defiance, Ethan Phillips, Terry Farrell, Armin Shimmerman, the list just keeps on going. Um, and a couple of great actors they signed on that I'm really excited about. Uh, and this is just going to be well, a fun anthology actors? film, man. Oh, I can't. I'm, 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 we're going to save the announcements. <laughs> yeah, we're going to save the annou- announcements <laughs> for when we start the campaign. We want to have a couple of big Sweet. surprises for everybody. Um, nice. And we're launching this film on, on Kickstarter on September 20th. And we've started to show some teasers for the film. We've been working on the, the launch for like six months. And so uh, if you go if you go to At The Circuit Movie on, on all of social media or um, The Circuit Film dot com you can watch the mm. teasers and learn more about how to be a part of the production etc very very cool very cool and so i got this uh reminded me it's kind of a galaxy quest-esque uh type of uh film but it's got like you know really rooted based in the fandom of uh, all the pop culture universe and so forth um, exactly yeah, that, that kind of, uh, yeah go ahead yeah like there's it's it, absolutely like galaxy quest that was part of the inspiration for the film was uh, when I was working on Star Trek, I saw Galaxy Quest and I was like, it was Mm -hmm. such a brilliant farce um, that, you know, our film is like Galaxy Quest meets the Twilight Zone. It'll be lots of different stories, but, you know, we're going to have aliens, we're going to have time travel, we're going to have supernatural stuff going on. We're going to have comedy. We're going to have just plain old drama. And all these stories nice. will happen at the same place. So that's what's going to be neat is to see how the stories cross and the plots inter- cross and intertwine and how these different universes uh, mesh together and these different stories mesh. Um, and I don't know. I'm really, I'm just really excited to get to work on actually filming the thing because it's been basically this whole year has been setting up for this Kickstarter and, and, and letting the, the world know about it. Very, very cool. I'm excited, too, man. It sounds like an incredible project. We've been watching you on the grid, and it just looks absolutely amazing. I've always been a big fan of Galaxy Quest, too, my friend. <laughs> uh, Dude, that's the best. That's one of the best 20 comedies ever made in the oh, history. Oh, yeah. Of, Hell, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It is, man. I, I heard something. I don't know if you heard about it. They're talking about something about a Galaxy Quest TV series. I don't know if they're going to do that. or what, what, you know anything about that? or. <laughs> I never, I didn't hear the rumors. Um, I mean, you can, I, I can always go on IMDb and check it out. Um, 
Yeah, check that out. I think it's, you know, Galaxy Quest, the TV show. I mean, I hope so, but if they did it, I would want them to do it like Netflix or HBO style with right, a bunch of money right. so that they could actually get the, the same actors. And, and right. you know, I would want to watch the same cast. I, I'd be bummed. To, unless it was done really, really well, you know, to recast right. it would be just it wouldn't I wouldn't feel the same about it but if I'm they got a TV show going Sam with, 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 with yeah, Sam Rockwell's character yeah Sam Rockwell's character yeah Sam Rockwell yeah he's awesome guy yeah. is there air out there you don't know <laughs> you don't know man I always like the end of the movie when he uh, when they had the ship or whatever and they're doing like the continuing missions he was like pointing that Winks at the camera. <laughs> He's priceless, yeah. man. He was. He's priceless. Yeah. Well, aside from Chet the circuit, Rockwell you also... Or whatever his name was. Yes, Rock, whatever. It's like Guy Fleek, yeah. I think his name was in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, aside from the circuit, you've been also working on this, uh, like you mentioned, this Renegade series, which you reprise your role as Echeb. Um, for people that don't know much about Renegades... Um, can you first off describe the series, what it's about, and so forth? And I have a question, a follow-up question after that. Yeah, Renegades started as a um, before you know the crowdfunding world and Star Trek got into all this turbulent water. With uh, you know, there were all these different fan films, uh, right? That were you know based on Star Trek. Um, but then the budget started getting bigger and bigger and the people that started producing them started getting bigger and bigger. And Star Trek Renegades right. was, you know, one of the biggest uh, films to date at that time, right. a little over two years ago. Big um, and then Axanar came along and basically it was just, mm-hmm. it was a Star Trek fan film, but there was a lot of, a lot of uh, ex Voyager cast members in it, including me and Walter and Tim and uh, Bob right. Ricardo and, um, then a lot of other uh, ta- talented actors known for mostly their work in sci-fi. And we made the first episode and then right, we just, they just finished the, I didn't produce this. I was just an actor in it, but I, I know the producer really well. He's a cool guy um, named Sky Conway. And he had mm-hmm. just finished the Kickstarter campaign for the second episodes episode two and three and suddenly it uh paramount uh, cbs released the rules for uh guidelines yeah yeah the guidelines for for what can be you know um the legal guidelines for what you have to follow if you want to make a star trek film outside of the studio and renegades of course broke all those rules because it it had uh done their kickstarter right right before the rules were were released. Right. So they did something really smart and they decided to detrek the project. So mm-hmm. they just made it Renegades and our characters had their names changed and their looks changed and we went away from the Starfleet ships and then we just made it its own universe. Um, and from what I know, I'm, I'm not deeply involved, but I, I heard a couple of podcasts and I saw an article that Paramount CBS mm-hmm. was, thought that was a cool thing for them to do, um, with the timing of everything. And we shot the movie just uh, a few weeks back. We finished 
And uh, it was an, an incredible experience. It was great fun to work with uh, some of the old guys from Voyager. It was fun to work with uh, Robert Beltran again, who's also in the circuit. And it was fun to work with Terry Farrell, who I'd never worked with before, but I'd seen around the the, the, the convention scene and, and knew her from mm-hmm. you know a few conventions that we'd hung out at. And she's also going to be in the circuit. So it was it was just neat to sort of hang out with uh, old friends and, and um, great actors. And, and The Renegades, the second episode is, uh, the, I think the script is uh, much better than the first. I think the acting is much better. The characters, when you shoot a, 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 a low-budget movie, mm-hmm. especially a you know, low-budget sci-fi movie, you're forced like if when we did Star Trek Voyager, we didn't ever shoot more than three pages a day, sometimes two and a half pages of script uh, at the most five. But that was if it was all in one location, uh, but usually about three pages a day. But on a low budget, you can't afford to shoot that sh- uh, can't afford to take that much time. So you have right. to kind of pound through it. And sometimes you're shooting seven pages, to 10 pages a day. And so you don't have a lot of time, especially if you come on as a new actor and you're playing a new character, to find your characters. And and in Renegades 1, I think all the new folks, and including myself, because my character was a completely different person than you than you know him on Voyager. So I had to sort of refine who, who my character was. Uh, but on the second film, everybody really sunk their teeth into their performance because we had time. Uh, we had time to, you know, over the last year to really figure out just that we were playing. And um, it's a really powerful film, the second one. I'm really excited to see it. I think the, the teasers for it look great. Um, and uh, it's an exciting story and a well-written script. Uh, I think the fans are really going to enjoy it. Very cool, very cool, man. Now, you got, you had mentioned a set of guidelines issued for the Star Trek fan film production. I know originally, like mm. you said, Renegades was called Star Trek Renegades. It had the title on it or whatever. Um, if you're curious, so a side question, uh, how has the transition, like I know you're directing the circuit, how has that transition from acting to directing been for you, and how, how, what, is, what do you prefer better is that, that, that question? Well, um, I'm directing uh, one of the segments of the circuit, and I've actually spent more of my time as a producer than a director, and I'm making the transition to director. Uh, I produced uh, Benjamin Troubles, this film that's going to be out soon. You'll be able to see it. We just sold it. Uh, And Fifth Passenger. I'm just curious. uh, Benjamin Troubles is about this kid that's down on his luck that – finds a pair of magic blue jeans that produce a $100 bill on the hour, every hour in his pocket. And it's about, it's sort of a, you know, it's a romance comedy. uh, Mm. We call it like an urban fairy tale. Um, And it's, it's fun. It's a, it's a sort of a fast paced urban fairy tale is really the only way I can explain it. Um, about this kid and, and what he does with the with the money and he's also in with some bad guys hear about the money mm-hmm. he has a troubled past he thinks his money's going to get him out of it um, mm-hmm. and it's just about how money you know the basic idea is that money doesn't fix everything um, right but it's it's a lot of fun and it's the first film that I ever produced um, 
uh, got the money together for and, and helped, uh, you know, actually make uh, instead of just acting in. And that sort of wet my whistle to do more. I, I decided um, I started looking around and I started looking at like A-list actors and older actors that have been around for a while and have built their careers up. And if you look at any of the A-list talent, you'll see that all of them have production companies and all of them are producing and have tons of projects in development and they pretty much make their own stuff. Um, Not only, you know, they, they choose their own work, but they, they also develop it and, you know, buy the rights to books and and buy the rights to make screenplays. And so I figured if I was going to have the kind of career that I wanted to have, I better start producing my own material instead of just hoping that, I'd get the part in something, you know? Um, mm. So I started doing it. And um, my second film is called Fifth Passenger. I produced it with my good friend, Scott Baker, who wrote it with uh, Morgan Loria, another friend of mine, his writing partner. And we made this great thriller, uh, space thriller, uh, with Doug Jones and Tim Russ and myself and Armin Shimmerman mm. and Morgan Loria and uh marina certis uh and a couple of other fantastic actors as well um and it's 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 great i just saw the rough cut it's the first film that i've looked at and i know that you know that when you when you see a rough cut and the film isn't finished the sound design's not done the color is not corrected the visual effects aren't finished so right. usually it's a it's a difficult thing to watch because it's not, film has to be sort of flawless not to draw your attention away from from the film. But when you watch a rough cut and it's enjoyable, I, I've learned that as a producer that you know you've got something. And it and I watched the rough cut and I thoroughly enjoyed it without the film even being finished. So I'm really oh, excited wow. to get the the rest of the VFX and the sound in. And we'll probably right. have a release uh, sometime early next year. We'll be ready to go to the market and sell it. Awesome. And I look forward yeah. to seeing that. We had talked before about that a little bit. That film looks incredible. Great cast, as you said. As you said. Um, yeah, so I have a quick and, question. And it's a really good story, uh, too. Go oh, yeah. Go ahead. A, quick, a little bit about the background of that project. Can you talk a little about that? Are those kind of like Alien, like, kind of like the Alien series based out in deep space. Can you tell everybody about that a little bit? Yeah, it's 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 a really really intelligently written screenplay. Um, mm. It's kind of an alien movie. It's kind of a space thriller. It's a little bit. Um, what's that director's name who makes all the, the trippy films no, uh, he made? Ridley Scott. Uh, it's very. No, you know what is the film? Um, he made Crash way back in the day. David Cronenberg. David so it's Cronenberg, got a very yeah. David. It's got a very David Cronenberg sort of feel to to the film because the whole oh, wow. film takes place through what's called a mem set. So the film mm-hmm. is about this, you know, we're leaving Earth because Earth, the Yellowstone caldera has exploded on Earth and it's poisoned okay. the atmosphere. And the only way mankind has survived is two continents built these mega super domes to keep the filter the all the crap in the air kind of and like everybody Judge else lives. Kind of yeah kind of yeah and and it's just you right. know a couple big super cities right and 
and everybody's exiting Earth to get to get off because that's not going to last forever either. So there's these mega ships going to this new planet that we found. And in the beginning of the film, actually the very beginning of the film, well, well, anyway, the one of those mega ships has an accident pretty pretty early on, and all these uh, everybody has to go to all these space pods that eject, and they're like these mini ships that can hold six to eight people on them. Right. Uh, it's actually, I think they're designed for four to six, um, but we end up with five on, on ours. And mm-hmm. what's neat about, what's neat about the story is at the very beginning of the film, this pod that has been ejected off this massive ship is rescued. And when the people go mm-hmm. in and they find only one survivor, and she's kind of catatonic. Actually, she's catatonic completely. And they, the ships, the little pods that eject, have what's called a memset aboard. And what a memset okay. does is a memset records everybody's memories that lives on the spaceship. So if the spaceship goes back to a dock, they can literally look at everybody's memories of the time they were on board to see what happened on that ship. Um, oh, wow. You can also re- you can also put on the mem set while you're in the ship and relive your old memories because it it sort of just scans you and you can plug like if you're bored and you're stuck in deep space mm-hmm. for a long time you can go back and live some of your memories over again so the whole movie is told through this mem set that they're putting mm-hmm. on this woman to find out what happened on that ship so it's wow. got this very dreamlike fun quality where you don't really know when you're watching a memory or when you're watching the film or, and, and you get sort of lost in, in, um, in that. And, and the story is told sort of out of time and it's got a very Cronenberg feel to it. And it's, Hmm. there's an, there's an alien that's involved in the plot, but I wouldn't call it an alien film. It's not, it's not anything like, uh, the movie Alien. It's got some similarities, but um, it's totally also different. got uh, it's uh, yeah. It's also just got some. Gr- it's great storytelling about you know what mankind does. The, the ship is basically lost. They they don't have their directional uh, antenna array. They don't know where they are. They don't know how much they know how much food and water they have left, but it's dwindling. They and it's yeah. sort of like lifeboat in space if you ever saw Alfred Hitchcock's lifeboat about That's you know the long uh, time I've seen yeah Alfred Hitchcock was a genius. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was. True. Um so I think the the tagline we're going with at the moment is question humanity and it's it's sort of a, a look into what happens to the to the human species when we're trapped and we're running out of uh supplies. Mm-hmm. And what's also very interesting about the movie is there's all these classes mm-hmm. of people on these mega ships, right? From, from like the lower, it's become a class system again. And oh, wow. the six people, the five people that end up in the life pod are all different classes and different ranks. And so we, you get to see how order breaks down and how, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole lot of fun, great characters, great actors. And, it was just a pleasure to work with. It was the first time I got to work with Armin Shimmerman, who, who's also uh, a part of the circuit, and Tim Russ as well. And, um, right. I mean, I'd worked with I'd worked those, with those Tim plenty of times. 
Tim, I, you know, I've worked on countless projects with, I love him, but it was the yeah. first time that I, I got to, to work with Armin and what an impressive actor, man. I, I'm, I've just, I'm stunned by his, his work. He does great work in the film. And, uh, I immediately, you know, tapped him on the shoulder to be a part of the circuit because uh, I wanted to work with him again. Right. And he's been a, a great help to getting the circuit uh, started and uh, done some great work for us in the teasers and the trailer and just been a, I just love working with Armin. Um, I hope we get to do a lot more work down the road. If you don't know who Armin Shimmerman is, he played uh, lots Cork of roles. Cork and he's played, known for, right, uh, yeah, Buffy Cork and Buffy's and, the principal, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, those are the two big roles that he's known for, but he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. His resume is a, a mile long. I mean, my girlfriend, not my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend, but uh, it's been... But recent, I always slip up when I say that. But my ex-girlfriend <laughs> knows him as uh, still a good friend, so we, no, no big deal. But she knows yeah. him as 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 Principal Snyder, and I know him as Quark. So it's like, yeah, you know, right. I mean, that's I know him as Quark too. Uh, that's kind of the thing I know him for. So I watched a lot of Buffy, yeah. but I was more a Trekkie in myself. So. Yeah. But, uh, Speaking on the Trek, that kind of thing you were talking about, about humanity's quest towards the stars and Star Trek and all that, you know, being a part of the Star Trek universe yourself and based on the Star Trek philosophy and Roddenberry's vision of the future and all that, just curious, what things did you take from being a part of this fran- that, that particular franchise? And is there some kind of a message you'd like to pass along to the listeners, being a part of that kind of a vision of the future and all that so forth? It's actually been quite a journey being a part of the Star Trek franchise and being, um, you know, so I was 21 when I got that part. And I was, especially on a a part, when you're given a role in Star Trek, you you don't, at least I didn't. I didn't know what I was getting into. I, I knew Star Trek. I was a fan of the films. But I didn't know the amount of love I was going to receive from around the world uh, and maybe like the fifth or sixth episode, Robert Picardo told me that I should go to a convention and I went to a convention in Germany and suddenly I had a microphone thrust in my hand and I was shoved out on stage in front of 7,500 people and told to talk for an hour. Uh, oh, wow. And that was sort of a humbling experience because I was like, Oh my God, what am I going to tell these people for an hour? And it went really well. It's very strange. It's I, I just started to tell them when I was 21, I didn't have a whole lot to say. So the first, you know, maybe six or eight years of going to these things, I just entertained people. I was good at getting on stage and making jokes and, and doing, uh, you know, comedy, comedy. And I, I just entertained people. And I didn't, didn't really realize that the power and the, the responsibility that 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 carries, that, that having people uh, not necessarily look up to what you've done, but appreciate what you've done and, and listen to right. you because of it. Um, so as I got older, I realized, and, and talking to Leonard Nimoy, um, the, the few times I had the, the pleasure to meet that man and talking to some of the people that had been on the, the Star Trek circuit for uh, some time, I started to realize that it's that that's something not not to be wasted. You know, if you've got a chance to go into a room with any number of people, whether it's fifty or or fifty thousand, 
um, why not make that experience count? Why not talk about something that matters? And so what I, what I, would, what I normally do is I don't have any specific message except for empathy. I think mankind in general is lacking in our ability to be empathetic outside our tribe, outside our specific peer group, you know, the, our 90 or so or nine or so, or, or, you know, our friend click. And outside right. of that, we kind of pretend like we're individuals and we don't help each other or we're not as empathetic to each other as I think we should be. So my basic message is just, you know, Hey, everybody out there is struggling and everybody's life is a struggle and we need to remember to be nice to each other while we're here because we're all the same thing. We're all the same person. There's no difference between me and you at all when it comes down to chemically. We're brain, body, spirit, if you want to go there. Um, right. Otherwise, you know, there really is no difference between you and me, Owen, right? We're, we're, we're right. a human being. Um, so I, I guess I've realized that what I do before these Q&As now is I'll just make sure that I take a couple hours before I speak and I sit down with a notepad and whatever I'm living and whatever I'm going through in my life during that time, I just start jotting down notes about what I'm going to talk about for that hour. And then I go out there and I talk about it. And I think, you know, what do I have to say to these people? Um, and I go just, I go and I wing it and usually it's, it's really fun, man. You know, usually I, I start every Q and a that I do with, Hey, you know, you guys, we've got an hour to kill. Like, let's have an experience. Let's have, let's have a relationship. Let's, let's, let's get to know each other while we're here. You know, um, we don't have to talk about Star Trek. I'm totally, I'm totally down to, I loved being a part of it. Anything you want to know, but if you want to talk about philosophy, you want to talk about books, you want to talk about ghosts, UFOs, whatever you're into, let's talk, you know, and um, Very cool. usually it's a, it's a blast. It's, it's part of the, you know, it's the funnest part of, uh, of being on Star Trek is, is getting to have done that, getting to have the, the gift of getting to have gone around the world and met different cultures and, and, and speak on stage and, and get to know, uh, the fans around the world. It's been, it's been a blessing. It's been awesome. Very and cool. some of Very these cool, actors yeah. that came before me that, you know, these, these awesome icons mm. of sci-fi that came before me getting to spend time mm. with them and hang out with them. And, you know, now oh, the yeah. convention scene has become much more than Star Trek and it's be, it's, it's enveloped right. big movies. And, and so it's become much more of a, a widespread thing. And, you know, mm. I'll find myself sitting next to Harry Potter and I'll just be like, wow, this is <laughs> surreal. You know, um, cool. and and you're just enjoying that time for and and uh, the gift of of what it is. So I very, mean, very I guess cool, that's man. my own that's my message: empathy and 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 be humble, right. man. You know, there's right. so many people out there that have it so much tougher than you. No matter who you are, there's someone out there that's oh. got it a whole, whole lot harder than you. So, uh, you know, find reasons to be to be thankful and and. Uh, care about your fellow man that's about it very very cool man i agree with you on that man well you mentioned the conventions right quick in the show i this question one more are there any conventions or events you're going to be at coming up here soon that you'd like to mention or anything like that 
Yeah, about five days before the circuit launch on Kickstarter, I'll be out at HawaiiCon in uh, Hawaii on the Big Island. Uh, I think it's uh, the 14th through the 19th. Um, okay. And then October 1st and 2nd, I'll be in Modesto, California for um, – uh, an event called uh, World's Greatest Comic Con or something. I just signed up for it. Um, oh wow! But it's, the, I heard um, that it's the comic. I don't think that's the name of it, uh, but it's the the comic <laughs> convention in Modesto, California, October first okay. and second. I'm sure there's not not two of them. Um, I it's funny. I just signed a contract to go out there today. I wish I, I, they're going to be mad at me that I didn't remember the name of the show. In no, cool. <laughs> and also, you know, all my cast members. There's a there was a New York show this weekend that was Mission New York. Oh, the Mission I heard it was show, fantastic. Very good show. Right, right. Yeah, I heard people just uh, totally had a blast out there. Um, mm-hmm. A few of my cast members shared the circuit during their panels and, and got the message out to New York. Uh, Dragon Con was last weekend too. Um, yeah, Gigi that was Edgley. That was awesome. <laughs> you went to it. Yeah, that was incredible, man. A hundred thousand people, thirtieth anniversary. One of, that was probably the, one of the best events I've ever been to ever, man. That was awesome. Oh man. Well, I'm jealous. <laughs> I, 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 that would have been fun. But you gotta come next year, um, man. It's incredible, man. You know, it's a really that's it's wild. It's one of the few conventions that I've never done. I've, it's been around forever. I've never gone to Dragon Con. I, I don't know why I've never made it out there. One of these one of these years. Yeah, this year, uh, Bill Shatner gave a great speech, man. It was quite quite an impressive and incredible, uh, really uh, touching speech, man. It was great, man. Cool. Should, I, I like think it's Bill. on the internet. I like Someone they might have it. It's funny, man. Those 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 three guys that are left, George, Bill, and and I mean, uh, Bill, George, and Walter. Right. They're all so they're they're all really cool people, man. It's just it's it's so funny how much they hate each other or they can't stand each other. <laughs> It, they've made this right. beautiful, you know, this beautiful thing, this great show that right. lasted all this time and all these incarnations, and and they there's, and yeah. they're all really good guys, uh, standalone. But the you know they have these little petty beefs with each other, and it's <laughs> to me I I I sit back and I laugh at it because actually I was in Germany with them uh, for the 50th anniversary a few months ago, and all three of them were there. And I saw how much they avoided each other and they didn't want to talk to each other. And you could even right. see, you could sense the palpability of it on stage. And here we are celebrating 50 yeah. years of what they've accomplished. Um, right. And I, it bummed me out for a second. Like, I was like, man, this is a... And then a German fan, I was talking to a German fan. And I was like, it's sort of sad that these guys don't get along, you know? And yeah. the fan said, don't worry about it. He goes, it's not about whatever, you know disputes they have with each other or what they think of each other as men or people. It's about the art they made and, and the message that they were a part of. And right. then he leaned, he leaned in really close to me, this guy. And he said, mm-hmm. I'll let you in on a little secret. Every family is a little bit dysfunctional. And <laughs> nice. yeah, it cracked me up and it lo- it loosened me up too. And I, I went, you know what? He's right. That's, that is what it's about, and um, right. you know it's it's funny. Uh, so then I just kind of enjoyed watching them. And, uh, yeah, it's all been it's all been cool, man. There's nothing about the the Star Trek experience in my life that I can complain about. That's for sure. Very cool, very cool, man. That's awesome. I like the story, man. That's awesome. 
before we end the show right quick, are there any uh, website links you'd like to give out to promote your projects and so forth? Well, definitely more than anything, I, 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 you know, I really want the circuit to become the the vision that that it could be. I, I want the fan base to get as excited as as everybody on the project is about making it. Um, it's a big budget project. It's ten stories, ten directors. We'd love to shoot in ten different locations at ten different events. We'd love to include as many fans as possible, but all that is going to cost some money. So um, the Kickstarter event starts September 20th. Uh, it ends in late October. Uh, you can go to atthecircuitmovie.com now. Uh, I mean, at the Circuit Movie on all social media, whether you go to Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Tumblr. YouTube, Tumblr, Pinterest, uh, pretty much any social media out there that's that's relevant these days we're a part of. But mm-hmm. we're mostly active on Facebook and Twitter. You can watch the trailers, get involved, or you can go to the circuitfilm.com. Not the circuit movie is the social media and the circuit film is the website. It's a little confusing but okay. Somebody wanted me to give them a hundred thousand dollars for the circuit movie uh, website, and I, I wasn't willing to do that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but you can go straight to the website, read up about it, find out how to join the production, how to uh, submit your screenplay. Um, so yeah, thecircuitfilm.com, or or get in touch with us on social media at the circuit movie. And everything else, you know, you, anybody can follow me. I'm easy to find if you can spell my name. Moni Wente Reme. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I've got a fan page that I answer all the questions to. And you can all, anybody that needs to contact me about the circuit, I'm available directly at Moni Wente Reme at thecircuitfilm.com. Uh, and that's all I'm doing for the next year, hopefully. So, uh, Otherwise, uh, all my other projects, uh, Unbelievable is coming out this week, Wednesday. Uh, we're okay. having a premiere in Hollywood. That's a, a comedy with like uh, 40 Trek actors in it, a space farce. Oh, wow. A uh, whole lot of fun. It's going to be hilarious. Where is um, that? I've never be... heard of that. Where is that? Where is that? Where is that? Where is that? It's, called, it's called Unbelievable, and it's like a naked gun-like farce uh, with oh, I think nice. it's 40-plus Trek actors in it about these plants from outer space that are trying to take over the world and these uh, scientists uh, that are trying to stop it. And this this <laughs> puppet that from the guys that did Team America World Police, they, they made this little puppet. And so it's like a bunch of – it's it's these four actors and then this little Shatner puppet. Um, this oh, wow. little Kirk, named Kirk Kirk Stillwood that you know tries to save the save the universe. Perfect. So it's really really like you know slapstick comedy, and I I hope people enjoy it. I can't wait to see it. Um, uh, this Wednesday is the premiere, and then I'm I'm sure people will be able to see it uh, here, there, and everywhere after that. Sounds like a lot of fun, man. Well, my new yeah. pleasure having you on the show, buddy. I look forward to the circuit and all your projects, and hopefully we'll catch up one of these days at a convention here sometimes, you know? Yeah, man, no doubt. Um, there's that, uh, what's it called? There's a, there's a site that you can track all where all the actors in sci-fi oh, and yeah. are showing sci-fi up. Convention. Right, right, I don't know the name of that. I yeah, I don't, I don't remember the name of it either. I'd spout it out, but 
um, yeah, I'll, we'll bump into each other someday. Thanks for having me on, man. Much welcome, buddy. You take care, buddy, and live long and prosper and do well, man. Take care, buddy. You too, brother. See you later. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything! A Wendy's Frosty is something special. And for a limited time, a Frosty is just 50 cents. An American classic for a classic price. It's not quite a milkshake, not quite an ice cream cone. It's definitely chocolate or vanilla. That choice is on you. Use a spoon or a french fry. Anything goes. A Frosty makes summer special. Yep, there's nothing quite like a Frosty. And there's nothing quite like this deal. A Frosty for 50 cents. Get yours before this deal melts away. Small Frosty at participating Wendy's for a limited time.